The very happiest of New Year's to you, Hazel. How are you? Um, I'm good. I am good. I had a nice, relaxing Christmas. Good. Pretty drama-free. I, uh, it feels a bit weird, actually, though, because, I don't know, nobody was sick. Nobody was in hospital. Um, there were no arguments, really. I don't know. There was no lockdown. <laughs> I, you know, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was nice and... And relaxed, which yeah, kind of freaked me out. Normally, I'm kind of like going into January, like regrouping after whatever Christmas has brought. So that's yeah, that's very refreshing. How about you? Well, that's really positive to hear. Um, very much like you. No, no dramas. Little family fallout at the start of the Christmas week, but that was all uh, put to bed. And um, yeah, had a nice, very quiet Christmas actually. Uh, but very nice with friends, lovely friends. And then I jetted off to Spain for a week because it was really, really raining one day. And I thought, oh, let's go and see the new year in or see the old one out and the new one in in Spain. Um, so my very generous friends let me use their place. And off I went. So I was swimming in the sea every day, going for lovely runs along cliff tops, um, wearing some shorts t-shirt on occasion seeing some flesh which is unusual at this time but yeah so all in all really good and what are we now the 5th of jan so i think i got back on the third and i feel reset already like back into nice routines but reflecting on some of our past conversations i was so flexible in my rigidity over christmas i applaud myself and i applaud you podcast host for raising my awareness of it and um yeah giving myself permission to do that and nothing bad happened I'm probably a good few kilograms heavier but other than that we'll deal with that it's winter we need to be carrying a bit more a bit more warmth so yeah it was all really really good thank you really good oh I love that I love that you're continuing the flexibility yeah yeah, now I'm a bit more, right, some rigidity needs putting back in because I want it to be. But yeah, the fact that I was really, really flexible, nothing bad happened. In fact, I probably had a really good time doing it. It was was really, really good. So I thank mm. you for that conversation. That's the port you gave me on that chat because that, that's made a big, a big difference to me. Oh, fab. And I did the, um, just that whole like trying to have you know some kind of healthy days healthy moments um in in the mince pieness of it all I was getting a bit excited about Christmas food wasn't I on like we last week um and flapjack yeah you're too many yeah uh-huh. um yeah and thinking about the tomorrow me um in that and yeah I think I mean, it went okay, and I probably didn't overindulge as much as I have before. I think I was a bit more conscious, maybe, of it. Yeah. It felt like, although, you know, although I was still, you know, um, overindulging in moments, it was done in quite a conscious way. Um, But now I'm really on the... I've got eight weeks, no, less than eight weeks now, nearly seven weeks until my half marathon. And I <laughs> I Googled how much slower would an extra stone make me? <laughs> and apparently a stone in weight um, corresponds to half a minute slower per mile. That's massive. Yeah. 
So I'm there going, okay, so Hayes, if you're if you're putting all this effort into training and you're not also looking at what you're eating, then it's it's not that it's pointless, but actually you're not being as effective as you could be in your training. Like your training, I think we get in a mindset, don't we, that training is about the actual exercise that we're doing. And I've had to shift that a bit to go, okay, the training mentality is also about what I'm eating, what I'm putting into my body, the fuel that I'm putting into my body. And I think when you are training for something, it's easier to think of food as fuel. Whereas kind of in the normal life, you know, it it has lots of different purposes. But I think um, I'm trying to get into, I guess it's more of your mindset, Jane, of being, not that I'm an athlete, but because I'm training specifically, (laughs) because I'm training specifically to, to try and achieve a half marathon that I've never done before uh I it's just it's kind of connected something in my brain about about the food element as well and I know we're both well you I think you've read it and I'm reading it the ultra processed food book yes giving the guys what's it actually called oh it's twins isn't it yeah Um, we'll have to put a link in the show notes but um it it and it's really interesting and it is that line came through really early in the book around you know what why actually are we eating well the actual process and the reason we are is to fuel our body to give us the energy to do what we want to do ultra processed food is manufactured to make money Mm. and it's got all these addictive things in it that just make us want to eat more and more and more and you know some of the stats in there were saying you know for average teenagers and adults I think like was it like 60 to 80 percent of the average sort of person's calories is made up from ultra processed food Mm. but what you know what we don't always understand is all these things that are put in there the way it's marketed the way our hormones are reacting so we've mentioned dopamine Mm. before that hormone that drives us to want more to get the real um you know motivates us to get this reward like everything's against us but that mindset switch of why am I actually eating this and I think it's about pressing pause before we eat it like because we are just on autopilot all the time and this is a great time of year like I don't work in an office now but everyone brings in all their leftovers like the heroes the mince pies it's like why are you getting them out of your house and put them in front of everybody else's temptation and you know thankfully I came back from um, holiday with no food in the house whatsoever so when I went shopping yesterday it was like really be cautious of what you're you're buying Jane because if it's there you're going to eat it Whereas be clean living, you know, the more we reduce our ultra processed food, the more we will keep reducing because every time we have something and when we talk about ultra processed food, like, I don't know, if you look at things in your cupboards or on the shelves, if they've got loads and loads of ingredients in to really extend their shelf life, they're ultra processed. Like just take a moment sometimes to look at the ingredients on things. And if they're things you've never heard of, you probably don't want to be putting them in your body. You know, buy whole foods. You know, a potato is a potato. You know, a banana is a banana. Um, one example I was listening to yesterday, you know, an apple is an apple. But when it's in an apple pie with loads of sugar, loads of pastry, and it's in a box in your supermarket, it's ultra processed because loads of things have been been added to it. So I think it's a really good one to, to talk about at the start of the year, isn't it, food? Because a lot mm. of us like New Year food goals and reflections because we have just had a good time over Christmas indulged 
eaten things that we, you know, I've certainly eaten things that I would never eat any other month of the year. <laughs> um, and yeah, just resetting. Um, but yeah, I'd like to pick up more on what you said about, you know, you're eating for, for fuel, because especially if we're then coupling, you know, people will put in goals around, you know, physical things, whether it's catch to 5k, first half marathon, marathons, whatever it might be, you know, we're, we're eating to fuel what we want to do, but also to fuel our recovery so we can go again the next day. So it's quite a big, broad, broad subject. Is there anything you think you're specifically going to do? It's really hard, isn't it? Because I talk a lot about the kind of new year effect when you're like, I'm going to I'm gonna be totally clean living and I'm not going to I'm not going to drink alcohol. I'm not going to have sugar. You know, it's it's hard to resist the like not try to do everything at once. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, for me, the that process thing has really struck home with me and and um just looking at cooking things from scratch a lot more i think even just knowing what's in them and what the impact might have not just on like the fuel for for the activities and the energy i want to have but also my mood because yeah. again that's you know i think even 20 years ago when i worked um, in an adult services department, we were really clear that, you know, there was a connection between, we had a food and mood course, you know, there was this connection between food and mood. Uh, and yet, I think we often forget about it, you know, that the the book we were speaking about, I think it's called Ultra Process People, isn't it? Um, yeah. Was, you know, specifically says about Pringles. And I, as a child, a teenager, was absolutely addicted to the, um, was it sour cream and onion? And I would eat the whole tub in one go. I mean, I get to like probably four fifths down and then you're like, you're feeling a bit sick by them, but you're like, I might as well. There's only a few left. I might as well do it. And I, and I was reflecting on, you know, what what it was about that that food that you know why I call it food but I think you know there's a question isn't there about is it actually a food yes it might have some potato in it but um maybe a bit bit left (laughs) potato but is it really a food anyway um but that was so much about for me the 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 sensation the pleasure you were saying about dopamine but it was it was very very much about you know an emotional experience rather than me going I'm hungry therefore I need to eat something that's that's going to be good for me and then when I think about you know the impact on on my mood actually you know yes maybe in the moment it made me feel a bit better but actually an hour later I was hating myself and, you know, feeling, and then my body was just like, what's all this dodge? And then the next day, I don't know, it's, it, you've got that same feeling. And um, yeah, so I just, I, I, I find the whole thing around food really fascinating because it feels like we've gone so far from it being just about what is it that we need to fuel our bodies and and it is it's it's been marketed as so much more and and because i think we are so busy and we have so many demands on us like who actually picks up the packet and looks at everything and and we're reading ingredients where like i have no idea 
what these words mean. I have no idea what the impact of them might be on me. Um, and yet we just, we're so trusting. Yeah. We're so trusting to go, yes, because, you know, a, a company whose name we've heard of has made it, it must be okay. It must be something that's okay for us to eat. Um, because otherwise somebody would make sure we didn't eat it. But I feel like there's so much more personal responsibility that's needed, which means we need to be more conscious about stuff. And like you said, we need to pause before we do stuff. But I don't know, it feels big. It can feel quite overwhelming when you start to go, right, I'm going to start to unpick this. Yeah. And of course, exactly what you said, these trusted brands put on big, bold statements on their packaging, like, good for your heart and feeding your family, high in fiber, iron, this, that, and the other. And then you look at the ingredients, you're like, they, they really can't be. But surely somebody has said it's okay for this company to write that on the packaging. So I'll forget where my sort of heart or head is with this. And I'll just, I'll just believe them because surely somebody has checked. And I think, I think you're right. And it's a really big move to suddenly say, right, I'm cutting out all sugar. I'm cutting out all ultra processed food. And I think that's part of probably where a lot of people are now in that, you know, we go in so big with these massive New Year's resolutions that crumbs, well done anyone who's still going. By the time you listen to this, you're doing well, but give it till the end of the month and something in real life has cropped up and got in the way. And that day you did have to grab a sandwich from Tesco's, which by the way, is ultra processed food. Because, you know, again, when you look at the ingredients, everything that's put in, but but it's okay, you know, because life does get in the way and it's okay to do that sometimes. And I think it's more about, us being realistic with our goals in the new year um, because you know we are humans so we like to feel a little bit of self-gratification but equally our negative bias means the minute we don't do something then we just beat ourselves up think we're a failure and we're back where we were and I know when we've done some of our joint you know workshops and with different organizations we've talked a lot about how do you start to introduce those new habits those whether you know tiny habits you know it's we you just need to be does it go back to like what we've talked about before it's like being kind to yourself being realistic and and those new year's resolutions or goals could be anything it could be that right I'm gonna go running every day well how how many days a week do you go now none okay well let's be realistic then because say you're gonna go once and you'll love it I know you'll go twice but be realistic and kind but we I think it's also related to we just want this big quick fix all the time don't we mm. like I you know I'm sure you'd love to be at half marathon distance next week but actually unfortunately we've got to go through a process to build up and get there mm. and what great awareness you've said already is actually it's not just about the miles when I put my trainers on mm. there's so much more to it and I think over the years for me it's like it's like I've almost introduced the different pillars so you know it would be all about the miles then being more aware about actually am I hydrating enough before a session during a session after I need to sleep this is why my obsession with sleep because I know all about this is actually the time when we get our recovery and whatever goals whether it's a physical goal you know an eating one or whatever you know when we're asleep it's like booting out all the old stuff in our body welcoming in the new to make us positive and and energetic the next day and and I think it's a it's that holistic approach that we advocate anyway, isn't it? And that thing about the process, I think is so important. And it just reminded me about 
like how important falling in love with the process is. So like with running, I think of it. So I run with um, my lovely friend, Jen, and I think of it as us going basically like meeting for coffee, but not drinking coffee, but running instead. Um, So we're having a chat and we just happen to be running and we're, you know, yes, we're doing training as well. So that's there. But fundamentally, I enjoy going out running. Um, And I always say to people, if you don't enjoy the process, if running's not your thing, like there's no, there's no shame in that. You know, it happens to be my thing, but you know, maybe your thing is dancing or maybe just walking the dog or, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be, I don't know, you know, these big lofty goals, the process, the thing that you do day on day is the stuff that matters. And I'm just, it's made me think now about food, you know, whereas I've been like having, you know, a mini panic going, oh my gosh, I really need to to clean up my eating. You know, I, I, I've gone so far um, from what, you know, that, that, what we've just been talking about, you know, proper food, real food, um, you know, what, what is it I need to do? And, and, but actually I think there's something about, you know, falling in love with that process of reconnecting with food as not something that is, you know, the, the enemy, because I think often for me, because I was a large teenager and have struggled with my weight my whole life I think it's always been something that is I don't know I've always seen it as something quite tricky in my life and and I do think reconnecting with you know what food means to me and what it is that I want to put in my body how I want to feel what's important making time to prepare food and and you know plan and that's an opportunity for me to fall back in love with that process rather than it being like, oh no, I need to, I've got to think of something for dinner again. And I've got to think of something, you know, you know for lunch and breakfast. And, and, you know, I don't know, there's something there about what's the process around food that is going to help me. Yeah. I think, yeah, I share probably similar story to you is what you've just explained actually so I think over the years I've had a really bad relationship with food at times because I was a um the girl that ate Jane and you know the larger teenager um and all that sort of thing so you do you develop this thing of everything's good or it's bad and if I want to eat a bar of chocolate well I know that's really bad and it's going to make me feel awful but I'm still going to do it to actually probably for me only in the last few years getting to a stage where I've had a better relationship with it and it was interesting probably about this time last year the strength gym I was at they were like you know do you think you eat enough protein I said I haven't got a clue if I'm being honest and they said why don't you use is it my fitness pal and track for a while and I was just like I can't I can't do it like I feel like it would spiral me in back into having a really bad relationship and I feel like now I do eat more as fuel and to enjoy it and not seeing things as good as bad. But then I had a bit of reflection time and I did do it for a while because I was like, the process, what is the outcome of me tracking on one of these apps? It's not about calories. Actually, it's about my macronutrients. Am I getting enough carbohydrates, fats and protein for the amount of training that Mm. I'm doing to give me the energy to train, but also am I able to recover? And it was quite insightful that, you know, I then had somebody else look at it who's a sports nutritionist alongside my training and and I'd go like on that day I just had no energy like she's like you did three sessions on that day look how little 
carbohydrate you ate the day before like and I was like now I'm much more conscious thinking right so if tomorrow the really big training day I need to stock up a little bit more today but that doesn't mean I have to just stock up on you know big bowls of pasta there's lots of other carbohydrates we can get and vegetables and and different sources so I do think it's an interesting one how we frame that because I think a lot of people have different relationships don't they with food um but I wanted to pick up as well when you were talking about the process and the running and things and something I talk to a lot of my clients about is like focus on the outcome not the task so you articulated it great. I love catching up with my friend Jen. We happen to be running. But the outcome at the end is uh, probably a multitude of, well, I've had some lovely social time with a friend. We've been outside and we've had a run. Well, so many people are like, I've got to go for a run. I've got to go for a run. And if they are one of those people, oh, I don't even like running. It's like, well, why are you doing it? Focus on the outcome and enjoy it because it is part of the, the journey, isn't it? Of how we get to a place. So by the time you get to your half marathon, like all the growth and all the learning and all that you've done, it's been the journey. And on the actual day, it's like the celebration of everything that you've done. But we can't pin all our hopes on like one one event. Mm. Surely that will bring, well, I was going to say disappointment. That's not to say that we're not going to do well on the event. But the, well, the, the, the growth is in the journey, as they say, isn't it? And the mm. learning. And I think I know we were talking about kind of values last time and about, you know, what what's important to us and what kind of success it is for us. I mean, we were talking about the context of Christmas. But when I think about this, you know, I signed up for a half marathon because I wanted a reason to spend more time running with Jen, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. sounds mad, doesn't it? Because I don't need to have a, a reason to do that. But it, it kind of it gave me, yeah, a reason for us to keep going out. And, and doing the training and doing longer runs. Um, so it's not the achievement itself of doing the half marathon. Yeah, it will feel like, oh, that's a, that's a really good achievement. Yeah. But it's not the be all and end all. I think that the most important thing was I got to do the thing that I enjoy doing every week um, yeah. in service of, you know, yeah, of that goal. But the goal isn't really the thing. And don't you think that's a lot of, the things that we do in life, like we set a goal and it encourages us, us to do, to take on new habits, to maybe, you know, our, our identity shifts in certain ways. So the goal gives us the reason to make those, those little changes, but actually it's the little changes that matter, not the goal in the end when we get there. Yes. Because I think if it's just about the goal, that's that whole thing of always chasing that ideal up idealized future it will be all right when it will be all right if but actually we've got to make those changes along along the way because that's when they'll be more sustainable isn't it so I'm absolutely 100% sure that when you've done your half marathon your habits of however many times you see Jen and run each week will carry on because mm. you've embedded them through this process but the goal has allowed you that permission like you said to do that and everybody has different drivers don't they like some people would absolutely just hate to do some sort of event but others it is that it's that but it's that super north star in the future isn't it that's where I'm going to get to and that's the goal and these are all the things we have to map out along the journey to help get there Mm -hmm. so I guess for anyone who's listening who's thinking of you know whether it's a sort of physical type goal it's like working backwards like you know if it is that okay I want to achieve x by x 
well, what, what steps and what milestones do I have to put in place to get me there? And it might be as simple as I need a pair of running shoes or I need a bike. Yeah. Or I need access to a swimming pool. <laughs> and being realistic. Okay, how many times realistically can I go so that I enjoy it and that it doesn't become a chore? Because I think the minute it's like, oh, God, I've got to go and do this. What's the outcome? Well, mm. and I think that focusing on the outcome is an important one. I um, I remember seeing somebody at the swimming pool a while ago, and I was like, I didn't know you swam. And they said, well, since I've had kids, it's the only time I get some peace and quiet. You know, my head goes in the water, and my outcome is I'm just in my own thoughts. I haven't got to think about anything else, and I haven't got anyone nagging me. And I was like, mm. lovely. What a great outcome. You know, I don't need to then set a goal necessarily to swim the channel. Mm. But actually, twice a week, me time I'm gonna give myself permission to go and put my head under the water and have have that time and it makes me think about I think one of the challenges with healthy eating is the goal thing because we want you know when we're looking for a goal often we're looking for something tangible and measurable so naturally when we look at what we're eating we go for the scales goal don't we I want to lose half a stone um and then it becomes about us us being something that needs to be fixed and we become obsessed about something which isn't really measuring the thing that we want more of and again I think like that's why for me that the only kind of fixed goal that I have is running that is running the the half marathon but actually when it comes to the food thing it the goals are going to be more like cooking a healthy meal from scratch once a week eating a breakfast uh, a savory breakfast twice a week so it's going to be less about big goals at the end to do with you know weight loss and just more about the kind of like that kind of weekly checklist of these are the these are kind of some small habit changes that I want to make but I think that can be quite hard I think because we're used to setting big goals and we're so used to setting you know lose half a stone or or, you know whatever our weight goal you know many of us have been doing like we've just been talking from our teenage years been made to feel like our weight isn't okay and and the weight becomes the focus and yeah but it it feels difficult to find an alternative to that and I don't know if that's come up in your sessions with your clients If you think back to even when we were at school, you know, you'd be weighed, your height would be taken, yeah. there's an awful graph, you know, right, well, you're in that colour, you're obese. It's like, oh, well, I'm just four foot, you know, I'm just that. And I remember being, oh, goodness, I, I was probably 10 years old and we went to this horse sanctuary place and to have a go on this pony or whatever, they put you on the scales and I was a, I was over what you were allowed to be on. Like, and we're traumatised from young age, a young age. But there's this also this thing nowadays, it's just we need data for feedback. Mm. Data, data, data. You know, and I, two days ago, I was like, right, I want to lose three kilograms. I'll get on the scales at the gym yesterday. Duh, duh, duh. And then yesterday I woke up and thought, do you know what? I feel quite good. I'm not getting on those scales. Because there's that thing as well when we say we want to lose weight. Actually, what we want to do is we want to lose fat and build muscle. Mm. that does not necessarily mean the um, number on that scales will go down Mm. you know when I was about I don't a month five weeks into my new strength program at the end of last year you know I had a little weigh-in and there are these snazzy scales that do everything and then five weeks later got on them I was like instantly all I looked at was the big figure I was like I've gone up 1.2 kilograms and my 
friend was there and he said, hang on a minute, Jane, before you lose it, let's look into this data. He's like, you've gained 1.2 kilos of muscle. That's incredible. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I've put on weight. But because we just don't, we're just so focused on a number that doesn't reflect. Um, And somebody said to me at the start of last year, you know, we were talking about this sort of stuff. And it's like, do you like what you look like when you look in the mirror at the moment? And at that time, I was like, I do, because I've been really training hard I'm feeling sort of firm, not flabby, da, da, da. And they said, well, in that case, actually, you want that number on the scales to be as high as possible because that's good bone density, which, as we all need, and as we get older, is even more important to, you know, limit osteoporosis and things like that. But also, it's a good sign that you've got lots of muscle. So I think I changed my goals more recently to, okay, I want to lose a bit of fat and I want to build muscle. Mm. Because that's more that's going to be more realistic. But but also because that number just doesn't really mean anything. I know it does, but it doesn't at the same time. And it's that, you know, I've got this pair of jeans that I really love. That's my goal. I want to fit back into those and feel really comfy in them. Mm. I mean, you can also just buy another pair of jeans. It's, I, th- I think the whole subject, and I realise, you know, we could sit here and talk it for two hours just about this subject, um, at least. Um, but I, I feel like we haven't quite, not just us, but society, we haven't quite found a solution to it yet. When you look in the news, there is still, you know, when you said about looking looking in the mirror and am I happy with what I see, what you're seeing is not, it is not the truth. Your your assessment of yourself is not is not a clean truth because it is, we are being... You know, there are articles all the time. I, I look through my scroll and it's like, look at so-and-so looking amazing in a bikini. You know, there, there is there is so much stuff, particularly for women, still about what we should look like. Yeah. And um, and there is definitely this thing, isn't there, about, you know, there's healthiness around um, weight. And, and, and if, you know, if we want to be able to do certain things in our life. Um, but I don't know. I think there's, there's still we still haven't found a really healthy replacement to measuring our health by how much we weigh. I I feel, um, and I've got an eight year old daughter and who's athletic build. And it's really challenging because, you know, she's starting to ask me, she got on the, you know, once it was playing with my scales the other day and was like, you know, Oh, mummy, is that, is that too much? And it's like, Oh gosh, like you're eight and and I have to be so careful around her about the language I use but then I look at some of the foods that I feed her um you know she loves chocolate uh and and I'm like you have to take responsibility Hazel for teaching her about you know nutrition and to understand and question what she's putting in her body and to and and to think about health <laughs> um and, and I really don't want her to get where I got to in the place of, like I say, being like in this battle with food. I, I really want her to develop a, a healthy relationship with food. And but I'm I need to be the adult around that. I need to I need to do it for myself. And it's a real motivation to do it for myself. Um and also I need to do it for her because yeah, I want I want it to be an easier and simpler relationship than I've had, I think. Um yeah, sorry, I feel like I've gone on a rant now. <laughs> but yeah. I, I feel really passionate about it, particularly particularly when it comes to her. Yeah, which is, like you said, 
makes you the role model but it's not then like right nobody's ever having chocolate again it's being well managing expectations isn't it like yeah we can all enjoy a little bit of chocolate every day but you know are we also having our fruit and veg are we walking to school when we can or riding our bike or or doing all that it's that it's that having a a good balance with it all isn't it Mm. yeah managing it like that because and it goes back to that like chocolate isn't good or it's bad it's just another thing but if we have healthy I don't know healthy expectations and and you know live a I don't know what's realistic 75% healthy-ish life then that other 25% and I think it's about when when you start to do things and it's making you feel down and that guilt and those different things you know to me it suggests it's a bit like you know the last few days of holiday it's like in the morning like destroying myself for like why did you drink yesterday like you drank too much because probably alcohol's more my mm. thing than, than food in that sense but then I just have to say Jane it's happened like, you can't change it but today is a new day start again yeah. you know, create the you you want today don't yeah. if, if it's going to make you feel rubbish in the morning don't do it again and that's that whole thing of if you want to change you've got to change we've all got to take some responsibility for that but the way in which we do that change to make it long lasting, if you like, is I think where the important bit is. So it's not mm. like let's just give up everything and eat lettuce and water for a month. It's not realistic. <laughs> I've tried it. Uh, I think it was the cabbage soup diet one. Oh year. gosh. Tried <laughs> it. But in the last few years, it's been quite an eye opener on a New Year's Eve when I've suddenly gone, and this is only the last couple of years. Do you know what? I don't have any New Year's resolutions on all this stuff because. 90% of the time, 80% of the time, I fuel myself with with stuff that's good. I might have indulged a bit over Christmas, but that's done. I enjoyed it. Do I regret any of it? Not really, because I had fun doing it. But now I'm back into my normal things. Mm. And that was me being flexible with my rigidity. Oh, check you <laughs> out. I know, this is my halo. <laughs> so yeah. How funny, I'm more like... No, I've been really good because I was bad. Not that I was yeah, not feeling bad. I, know. Words, but I feel almost <laughs> that yeah, I should be rewarded for for getting off my um, health wagon. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, you know, when I look at the year ahead, it, it's it is just being, you know, I think that intention to be just to question a little bit more yeah. about what I'm putting in my mouth. That sounds wrong. <laughs> But, but to be but to be just a bit more conscious um I think I think that will make a difference and it doesn't have to happen overnight you know get curious read some more stuff um play with some stuff experiment um and like I say fall in love with the process of um of eating probably uh, and rather than it being something that like you said and ends up falling into a good or bad category um so yeah I think when it becomes effortless, you're kind of there. Yeah. And you don't have to think about it. But like you said, that's not going to suddenly happen tomorrow. Um, Yeah. We need to to work at that. Well, let's finish there. Just a message really to all our listeners. Keep listening. Um, Have a think about what your goals are. You know, what what does the end of year you feel, look um, and everything about? And think about your behaviours now. So thank you for listening and have a good week. See you next time. Yeah, thank you so much. Bye.